Hello and welcome to the Track Talk podcast. We are back after pre-season testing. It's the first race week of the season and I'm joined by Jay and Charlotte. How are you? I'm good, Dan. I'm excited. Formula One is back after, what, three months away? It's Too long. weird to think that this is race week and, you know, we've seen testing. We've got a, a rough idea of where things are going to be. I just cannot wait for the weekend. Oh, sorry, it's me. Um, hi. How many episodes <laughs> have we done now where it's exactly the same? <laughs> I had it all in my head as well, what I was going to say, and this has really ruined it. It's Raw Seek, otherwise known as Race Week. Oh, my goodness. So, so, so happy that Formula One is back. And I, I'm going to see, I'm just so excited. I know we said it the other day, but honestly, I'm oh. so excited. Especially it's clicked what you meant. I was wondering why you looked at me like yeah, that. Yeah, it's just dropped in my head. Yeah, it's not, I've only seen it written down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've given you an audio version now, Dan. Um, Cheers, thank you. Yeah, super, super excited to see what happens. Obviously, testing has given us a little idea of what to expect for the year. But um, yeah, let's jump into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with probably the one bit of news that we've got. Um, obviously, Djokovic, Djokovic. Uh, did testing in the Aston Martin after Lance Stroll went for a Lance cycle and Lance crashed and ruined his wrists. So, um, but they've also confirmed that he's going to be driving the first race if Lance Stroll can't Lance drive. And I'm going to stop with the Lance jokes now. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. I would like to see Dragovic have a go because, you know, as a Nick DeVry fan, I'm a big, big advocate of Formula 2 winners getting race seats in Formula 1. Obviously, it happened to De Vries. It's happened to Piastri. Um, I don't want to see Dragovic just fall off the face of the earth and go do a different series like IndyCar or WEC or something like that. So, you know, put him in, see how he gets on. Maybe he does well, then, you know, that's only going to do good for his stock. And, you know, it will show that there are talented youngsters who can progress into Formula 1. Because at this moment in time, I cannot see an... Obvious, obviously, F2 hasn't started this year, but I cannot see, based on last season, an obvious air into Formula 1. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't see anyone progressing um, into it. Like, look, look, look at this year. Who progressed? Uh, Piastri, who was from, what, two years ago? De Vries, who was from four years ago. Is there anyone else who's new on the grid? Um, Sergeant. 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 Sergeant was the only person who progressed, and that's probably more to do with um, American links rather than driving ability. So... You know, see how he gets on, and then if he's bad, then fair enough. But I'd like to see him have a go. I mean, um, still justice for Mick Schumacher for me, Formula 2 champion. But Before yeah. we started recording, Charlotte had the <laughs> biggest rant about Mick Schumacher on Drive to Survive. Yes. Um, it was huge. I, I really want to know everyone's opinions about that uh, episode four. I think that it's showcased him in the worst light especially the first half of the episode which i understand in the sense only in the sense of them trying to then show oh look but he got his points in silverstone and he's battling someone like max verstappen and i understood what they were trying to do in that section but i think they made him out to be worse and everything was a lot i just didn't like it i thought it was yeah too much for me too much i was very sad um anyways that's not what i was gonna say um oh yeah but actually no it does segue to my point i'm just gutted that mick schumacher won't be replacing lance stroll because my 
bonus bold prediction. What a start that would have been, honestly. I was, oh, I'm, oh, I'm so frustrated, but as well, yeah, I'm excited to see Felipe Djokovic. Um, just a shame it's not Schumacher, so I get the point. Bear, bearing in mind as well that this bonus prediction that Charlotte was a thing that you made up. Yeah! <laughs> it wasn't planned either. So no. if, if that did come true, then, you know, the, there would definitely be questions about Charlotte's yeah. integrity. She's got friends in high places. We've said it before. Yeah. Said it before. Um, There's another bit of news as well that I forgot before Jay just reminded me. Uh, the final chicane's gone at Spain. What? I'm so glad. It's probably the worst section on the calendar. I'd put it up there with just killed everything. Do you know but it's what? gone. It, it, it was the worst until Miami put that awful chicane in. Um, yeah, that that's straight. fair. That is, that is a waste of tarmac completely. Um, Good. Very good. Hopefully it'll make Spain a better race because, you know, last week we did our um, our track grader, our track tier list, that's what it's called. Um, and I think we put Spain in the bottom category, didn't we? I believe so. So, you know, maybe this will help elevate Spain up to higher levels. It might get more overtaken because that chicane just made the... Um, that chicane just made it awful for any kind of passing opportunities down the main straight. I'm surprised they did allow it though, because it was a couple of years ago. Not a couple of years ago. When they introduced it, they said um, it was used to safety because the cars were going too fast by the end of the straight. I don't think the cars have got slower from then. So, unless, I guess, you know, just car safety's improved or they've just gone, oh, I saw it, you know, we need to have a better race, otherwise, we're going to lose our players on the calendar. That's maybe why they've done it. But I'm really interested to see how this pans out. I'm actually looking forward to the Spanish Grand Prix now, which is uh, a rare thing for me to say. Yeah, it's we saw... quite shocking. Sorry, oh, Dad, sorry, I thought I you were going to carry on. I no, thought you were going to carry on. I heard on. you start going, so I felt bad to interrupt you. Go on, go on. Um, no, I was just going to say that I actually think... Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but with the new regulations that came in with Formula One and these cars, didn't they make them... Like, it's not... They weren't as fast, but because of the aerodynamics, they could race closer together. Oh, anyway. and I'm talking more in just terms of straight line speed. I don't think they're any slower oh. in terms of straight line speed. Yeah, I wasn't um, sure. I, and I, I, mean, I think maybe their top speed is, is lower, but they're, they're they're quicker over like a short short distance. They've got yeah. more torque nowadays. So maybe it's that. Maybe that's where they're looking at it in terms of that. Or maybe it's just because driver safety is just in a better place than it was in like the mid 2000s. That's why they're able to do it. But if, if, if that is the reason, then they could have done that years ago and could have saved us many a boring Spanish Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I hope the, this actually is an improvement and it will be better for overtaking opportunities in the long run and just better racing. So, yeah, I mean, time will tell. What we did sort of see <clears throat> a fair bit last year is that these 2022 cars are quite subject to sort of wind. Like on a very gusty day, the cars do become a bit... Whoa. Like, all over the place kind of thing. So, a, a gust right at the sort of, not apex, but like the peak of that corner could be quite bad, given the speeds that they'll mm. carry. Um, and, we might see I mean, like a Leclerc-Monza crash. That that kink that that is the last corner, that can be taken a lot quicker now as well. Yeah. Which, I mean, I was playing the F1 game earlier, and I spun there on the oh. old layout with a chicane. So, imagine that with even more speed. Obviously, I'm not a very talented driver, but, you know, Dan, that's a very interesting point you do raise there about wind Don't and spins. Don't put yourself down, Jay. <laughs> no, no. I was, honestly, I was furious, man. I, I started like P11. <laughs> got up to P5, you know, the safety car came out and I was in a really good place, man. I was in a really good place. You know, fresh set of stops. Got four oh. laps to go. Oh. Spun. I spun. Uh, under the safety car? 
No, 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 no. I did, oh. that, in a, I, I did do that in a, in, a, in a different race, though. I think I spun. What, in uh, the Mazepin? Yeah, no, I think it's at Spain as well. I just spun, man. I've done a, a prime Grosjean just... Yeah, <laughs> He's off. Uh, anyway, let's talk about pre-season testing. We've all watched... Between us, I think we've watched all of testing. Um, I've watched some days you haven't, you've watched some days I have, blah, 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 so on and so on. So we want to talk about a few storylines from that. I'll get it out of the way, because I think it's the one Charlotte's going to talk about the least. Going to want to talk about the least. McLaren looked dreadful in pre-season testing. Okay, I'll go first. I thought Charlotte was going to... was going to try and, you know... I don't want to talk about it. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about it. Um... Yes, it was it was akin to the McLaren test of like 2016 when they had the um, the Honda engine that kept spluttering. They couldn't do any laps. I remember a few years ago Williams um, when they just like missed like a whole day of testing because the car wasn't ready. It just looked like they just hadn't prepared enough for it, and you know the car kept breaking down. It isn't what you need if you're Oscar Piastri. You know, new to Formula One, uh, you've left Alpine. You could easily join Alpine, and you've you know said no don't want to do that i'm going to go to mclaren and imagine how that will pan out if mclaren are sort of you know ninth or tenth i mean a lot of punters a lot of pundits a lot of experts are putting them towards the back of the grid alongside williams so let me really can see how that pans out and what does that mean for lando norris as well because he's easily one of the best drivers on the grid easily one of the best drivers and he cannot be given a car that is you know ninth quickest or eighth quickest because he's just beyond that in terms of ability so what does that mean in terms of retention of Lando Norris? What does that mean for Oscar Piastri's career? What does that mean for just McLaren's involvement in Formula One? I mean, obviously, it's a big question. They they might turn up on the weekend and be like P four, P five, and yeah. it, this is all yeah, exactly. This is all a waste of breath, and they are the ultimate sandbaggers. But if testing, if what we saw from testing is to be believed, then it wouldn't surprise me if they go out in Q one on the weekend. Okay, here we go. Um... I probably won't say too much because I think Jay said it very well. But um, yeah, from what what I I've got like a few like statistics and things up on my screen, and you know their race simulation pace in general was actually pretty good. They were down for fourth in the rankings out of all the teams. But then if we're looking at qualifying, they were down an eighth out of the ten teams, um, and they were just having a lot of issues during testing as well with brake ducts and they were doing wheel trims and the, I think the thing that I was most shocked about and the boys actually text me I think it was the Saturday evening or whenever um that Will Buxton reported that Lando out of frustration went back to his driver room or something and was like punched his wall which just makes it just yeah it's just really like frustrating to hear because if we just look at how strong mclaren were in when was it just before the regulation 2021 they they were looking so strong you know they were looking for podiums lando was looking he could win races i mean daniel ricardo won a race like but that was actually before then oh ignore me um oh no i'm all lost ricardo winning ricardo winning was 2021 it was so 2020 mclaren were looking really good as well there we go it was 2020 um yeah, just in general, it just seems like, you know, we had that horrible period when Alonso was in the McLaren and, oh, I just don't really know what to say, basically. There's just, a, yeah, it's it's just a little bit worrying because there was a point when, you know, they were fighting for fourth, even third in the constructors. 
you know, last year, were we fifth, wasn't they, McLaren? It was fifth, wasn't it? Yeah, behind Alpine. But, like, almost, you know, yeah, nowhere near the fourth, really. Um, and, yeah, it's just another year of bad testing. Um, not as bad, apparently, but still seem less prepared than a lot of the other teams and like jay said with a new driver and rookie coming on the grid that's worrying uh and for someone like lando he signed a multi-year contract deal um he needs to have faith in the team for him to be able to become a world champion if that's the aim to do that with mclaren yeah they're in a pickle I mean, a lot of people are kind of putting them last. I, d I don't know if that's an overreaction. Like, but then again, these people know what they're talking about a lot more than I do. So maybe they really yeah. do look that poor. But I would have thought if you've got a team like McLaren and a team like Williams that start the season very equal, surely McLaren have more potential to make the most of their package. But but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Lando, as you said, he's contracted till 2025, I think. If he doesn't clauses have, in there, he's I was just about to say, clauses. yeah. If he doesn't have a break clause in that, he's buggered. If if McLaren really are as poor as they are, mm. even Piastri, like leaving Alpine was a huge risk, and Alpine yeah, looked look, somewhat all right. He'll look silly, and Pierre Gasly will be absolutely laughing if McLaren <laughs> are awful. And it'll be very, very interesting. Alpine mm. Yeah, but no, they 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 do look poor, and I mean we can't really tell exactly how poor they are until the first qualifying of the seasons when you first get the real idea, and then obviously the first race you'll get their racecraft and stuff. But I don't know. Are we? Do we really think Q one? I think so. That's my honest opinion. It wouldn't shock me, unfortunately. Oof. Which is the heartbreaking thing, and if not, maybe the lower end of Q2 even. I don't know. Tune in next week to hear Charles' tears. <laughs> <laughs> well, last year, McLaren, Bahrain, wasn't nice anyways. Wasn't I think they were 15th and 16th or something. Yeah, they yeah, were they shocking, weren't great. Weren't they? Or even 18th. But, oh, well, to be fair, awful. last year, yeah, you're right, they were shocking. And then was... Landon Norris got a podium at Imola, and then like three races afterwards. So Yeah. I think it was it obvious the package wasn't awful. Mm. Whereas well, this year, they of... just look... I mean, reliability, but maybe it's a case of, you know, like last year where they seem to suit certain tracks. Yeah, I was well. say. And other tracks, they just look rubbish at. Maybe Bahrain is just a, a bogey track, a bit like, I was going to say, um, Mercedes and, where are Mercedes really bad at? Is it Singapore? Um, just about everywhere last year. Oh, everywhere last year, yeah. They're really Hamilton bad at struggled in Saudi. Just, no, just in general, like, there's, there's, there's like a place where like, Merck are really bad. Oh. Well, no, they don't win as much. I can't remember where it is, but there's, there's yeah, somewhere. Um, yeah, but we'll see. I mean, it'll probably soften the blow for Danny Rick. Like, oh, bad news, you've lost your seat. Good news, you would have been fighting for P19 every week. <laughs> so he's just been paid however many million to not have to go through pain. I was expecting a dig, so that's why I was smirking. No, there, Dan. I wondered why you were laughing. Yeah. Any comments on Danny Rick? No, okay. No, no, so, I'm too... I'd let it hang. No, no. no. Um, right, we'll go from, from one end of the grid to the other end of the grid. Red Bull, obviously, were pretty dominant last season. They've come into the pre-season test and they look pretty much like they, it's theirs to lose again. No real problems, did loads of laps, both drivers look really good, set the quickest time. It's hard to find anything wrong with their test, really. 
they look bulletproof and the word that i keep seeing is ominous being described um and that's because checo perez set the quickest time of the weekend or for three days of testing on the c4 tire which is a step softer than the c5 tire which everyone else seemed to use so if he's able to uh you know go quicker on a set of softer compounds imagine what Verstappen can do imagine what they're going to be like all season I pray I pray I pray that other teams were you know not fully showcasing their abilities um and the fact that Red Bull were maybe just being honest because then hopefully we get a good race because the last thing I want after all of this talk of how excited we are is Mm. you know Verstappen to win by 25 seconds on the weekend Mm. so please the rest of the grid get it together give us some kind of title battle i beg yeah i mean once again red bull just looked very dominant um and yeah just echoing what jay said all i hope is that okay they were the fastest but i hope the other teams you know maybe weren't showcasing that um top speed and their pace throughout testing i feel that's the thing with testing is what i find difficult Mm. to kind of constantly look at is that you know there was one point Last year, Lando was the quickest in testing on the Friday session, and then they were like P16 in the race. So, yeah, I I try and not look at testing too deeply and try and take everything with a pinch and salt, but obviously I know that it's called testing, so it obviously is there for a reason, and we can look at it with evidence and get data from that in the sense of like, oh, you know, if McLaren are looking a bit shoddy then you know it's not the biggest time um you know not a lot of time before the race to actually fix those problems so yeah what i'm trying to say is ripple look good and hope everyone else can join them (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair the Bahrain grand prix was brilliant last year like we had leclerc and verstappen kind of playing that game of drs chicken where leclerc basically let him through on the the pit straight to then get him back into turn four four five whatever turn it was um I mean, last year Bahrain Grand Prix have been good, haven't they? Even 2021, how about in that duel? Mm. Oh, Bahrain is as good as these. We put it in the elite it? section elite, last time. That's why, yeah, it's elite. It's, it's very deserving of season opening status, even though I think in terms of atmosphere, it's not the best. In terms of the racing, it is bloody brilliant. Jay, the fireworks make it an atmosphere. Oh, yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Um... We'll talk about their sister team very, very quickly, actually. Alpha Tauri looked like they struggled quite a lot in pre-season testing. Jay, mm. your man now drives for them. My man drives for them. I have seen rumours that apparently Red Bull are going to discontinue their funding of AlphaTauri. Yeah, and they, they want to basically just, you know, them be an independent team like they were when they were Minardi many years ago. Um, but yeah, they didn't, they looked pretty poor. Not poor, because they didn't break down. And it's like, like we were saying, <laughs> it's hard to judge from testing. But, I mean, the three was the slowest on the final day. I don't want to look into that too much because it made me sad. Um, <laughs> I, I can't see them being in the midfield this year. I can sort of see them being in that sort of no-man's land between Williams and maybe McLaren Aww. and the rest of the midfield, you know, your Astons, your Alpines, in that sort of weird sort of lower midfield group. Um, I can't see them scoring more than 50 points this year. I thought Oof. you were going to say a lower number than that, to be fair. Fifth is actually quite high. <laughs> 25. Oh, that's even worse. You hard. Actually, no, 25 is actually quite low. 30. <laughs> there we go, 30. <laughs> we got there eventually. Uh, 
Um, yeah, I mean, apparently they were sixth in the qualifying simulations and then seventh in race pace charts, which is midfield. But, you know, once again, you could compare that to a couple of years ago. Gasly was getting... <sighs> That you Gasly know, season, easily P6 minimum in qualifying. Mm. So it's hard to say. Apparently, it was widely believed they were running a lower fuel. Um, so a lower fuel, a lower oh, fuel. No. Oh no, that does so not they were actually well. closer to eighth and maybe ninth in overall pure pace. This is according <sighs> to F1.com with Lawrence Barreto that I'm referencing. Mm. Our friend Lawrence is reliable as well. I'll make Lawrence. All right, so. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Looking at it, I think, from a wide angle and a wide lens, maybe things don't look too bad for Alpha Tauri. Um and yeah, I think I think we'll find out a few more results this weekend. It's I think it's pretty hard to say just from testing. Yeah, no. Fair enough. As I say, you know, these are pretty much speculation. I think I would have changed most of my pre season predictions if we'd done them after testing. But where's the fun in that? So we did them before testing. Ah, go on. Um, let's talk about Aston Martin. Now, these guys were kind of midfield, maybe lower end of the midfield last year, sort of, you know, battling for the latter point stages. But they look really good this year, to the point where a lot of people put them above Mercedes in their season prediction. Now, again, I don't know if this is like uh, McLaren, where it's very reactionary from testing, but they did look good. They made a lot of progress towards the end of 2022, didn't they? They were, yeah. I would say, the sixth best team. You know, they, they were better than Haas, better than Alphas, better than Williams. And they were sort of knocking on the door of the Alpine McLaren kind of territory towards the end of the year, I thought. Um, and I think this is maybe just a continuation of that. I've heard a lot of rumours that they basically copied Red Bull. And it always seems like the Silverstone team over their racing point whether they're Aston Martin, basically copy whatever is the fastest car from that previous season and go with it. <laughs> but I mean, more power to them, you know, as long as they don't break any regulations, then who's to say it's, it's wrong. Um, it be interesting to see because I think if you give Alonso, I don't know about Stroll, if you give Alonso the third fastest car, he can score you podiums, I think, especially if, you know, Red yeah. Bull or Ferrari or Merck, if they get up there, have, have off days. Alonso will be there sniffing around for a podium. And I mean, I would personally love to see him score a few podiums this season. If Aston Martin can give him the car, then there's no reason for him not to finish, you know, top six in the Drivers' Championship this year, because he is that good, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the key things to say about Aston Martin is Alonso. You know, having someone of his calibre and of his experience... To have him onto the team, obviously I know we did have Sebastian Vettel, but with the form that Alonso was on last year in the Alpine, to then bring him to a new team, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what that Aston Martin can do. Um, yeah, it's just quite exciting. It is. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll yeah, back Alonso. Good driver and all that. Um, will Seb regret retiring, do you think, if he sees Aston coming around consistently P4, P5? Mm, good question. P3. I think no, because he didn't leave only because of Aston Martin's performance. I think, you know, there was the wider issue of the, the politics and the science behind Formula One rather than just, I'm not in a winning car, or I'm not in a car that's going to challenge for podiums, I'm just going to bugger off into the sunset. So maybe a little bit of regret, but 
I don't think he'll be chomping at the bit to return. No, I think that's fair enough. Uh, finally, in terms of teams and pre-season testing, I just want to touch on Mercedes. Obviously, last year they looked poor in pre-season testing, and that proved to be the case. This year they, they looked better, but <laughs> still not anywhere near Red Bull or Ferrari. They looked average. I mean, Hamilton was second quickest on the final day, and his quality pace was quicker than, I think it was Sainz who's running alongside in that session. So, I mean, I... My sort of groupings are Red Bull will be out in front and then it'll be between uh, Aston, Merck and Ferrari. You put Ferrari in that who group. Feels, yeah. And also like Ferrari are just Ferrari. You know, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot more than not. They've, so. tra- they've changed their like strategy team though. But they've made a few, a few changes. They've moved the chief strategist to a factory role and they've brought someone in. Oh, yeah, but God. will it be a case of different toilets? Same, you know... So, sorry, different sorry. toilet, same what? No, wait, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let Joe I can't, I, I won't swear on, on, on the podcast, but I'm, I'm trying <laughs> oh, to... Oh, I, I see, right, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. so I think between those those three for the best of the rest behind Red Bull. Sorry, before I say about work, oh. on Drive to Survive, did we see the Ferrari episode? The first one? Episode what three, epi- I think it was. It yeah. Can we just bear in mind, one of the blokes on the pit wall, right, next to Matteo Bonotto, has got a little flippy bloody f- notebook. He had a little flippy pad notebook. Yeah. Well, compare it out of... Well, this is where I think all the bloody strategy was going wrong. There was one point in the episode that he was flipping through the pages, like, not knowing where it was. I thought, well, no wonder what, you're picking Was it like a and... manual? Like, oh, if this not... happens, do this. It wasn't even, this... It wasn't <laughs> even a, a5 size. It was the smallest little pad, and he was just, like, flicking through. And I just thought, no wonder. It makes so much sense. Anyways, that's a little thing. The boys don't understand what I'm on about. Maybe he wrote um, them all down as a backup in case the computers failed. No, I, I, I can't. Anyways, Merck. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Lawrence Bretto said... Well, it just went down like a lead balloon, my point. Um, Lawrence Bretto said that um, Merck were second in qualifying pace and third in race simulation pace, which, in general, would say is a step in the right direction. However, in the long term, if we think about where Mercedes have been you know, winning all those titles in the uh, previous era. Not where they want to be. You want to be, they want to be top of everything. So it's obviously a good sign. And as long as they're able to make those strides as the season progresses, we all know that Merck are the best at starting seasons. And then as they go on, they get stronger and stronger. Um, Lewis Hamilton also said that they're, I think they uh, have left Mercedes with a mountain to climb and there are underlying issues, which, once again, stresses me out. But if anyone can fix it, I'm hoping it's going to be Mercedes. Go on, Jay. I've heard rumours talking about slow starts that Baku, they're going to bring their first upgrade and it's going to be a side pod upgrade. So uh, I'd be interested to see if they just ditch the lack of side pods and just put side pods on the car like every other team has done so far but this is going to be some evolution that's going to bring them closer to the front because I mean, maybe we're wrong maybe they'll be there on sunday but it seems like they are still where they were at the end of 2022 in terms of pace compared to red bull 
I did see a thing that Ted Kravitz said where he said they have designed side pods should they need them, should their zero pod concept be completely disastrous. Like they have got a plan B. But I don't know, I feel like purely out of pride, they're going to want to stick with their current concept. They're not going to want to admit that they went in a different mm. direction and it was wrong. They're going to want to be like, no, no, we, this this does work. Or it doesn't get results. And I think it's a sign of good leadership when you can admit you got it wrong and you're willing to adapt and change. So Speaking of change and strategy, it's all change of strategy at Merck with obviously James Vowles leaving to go to mm. Williams. <laughs> so nice. AEIOU's gone. Yeah, is that what you're going to call him every time? <laughs> yeah, every time. Every, I cannot wait. See him on the grid this year. We'll be interested to see oh, how he man. gets on at Williams, though. In the hot yeah, seat. Yeah. Williams, it's been an interesting season for Williams because they've got a few new shiny sponsors. They've got an American driver in, which will probably increase their their rivals in North America, of course. Uh, Album was good last year. Can they finally bridge the gap to the midfield or they're still just going to be languishing around in last i hope they get back to midfield because it's sad to see williams that slow right we'll move on to a, a little news segment which jay you can you can fire away and explain take the floor yeah um i'm yet to come up with a name for this but for now i'm going to call it track talk debates so basically <laughs> every week or every episode we're going to have a debate on a particular subject uh in the realms of formula one of course what else would it be uh, and then we're going to basically pitch in our ideas and then we're going to quiz each other on our, on our opinions and we're going to, you know, contest them and have arguments and have strong beef. And if you have guests on, they can help mediate them. And then we're going <laughs> to vote on who we think has the best opinion and they will be the track talk debate king slash queen. So uh, the first question of our first ever track talk debate is Ooh. who needs to have <laughs> A good 2023. Don't laugh, Shaw. I gave that a build-up and everything. Yeah. It's good a little bit of a sad build-up. But yeah, sorry, Jay, do it again. With well, you could have joined in. I um, Yeah. Why don't you do a drum roll, Shaw, and Dan can do the roll? I can't roll my eyes. Like, I can just do that. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah, you go on. That's you, what a drum roll that. is, no? Yeah, but like, you know, like, people can go... Do you know like a fear that girls can't do that? I can't do that, to be fair. Oh. I've and I'm definitely not myself. Girl. That's it. Anyways. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so uh, this one, the first one is, who needs to have a good 2023? That was a very nice stoppage there from Shaw. Uh, and for that amazing skill there, Charlotte, you can go first. Who needs to have a good 2023? Pitch us your so, case. Right. I, I've gone with two options, but I'm going to just stick with my first one. And mm-hmm. I've put Yuki Sonoda. Ooh. Mm. Mm. That was my backup. Oh, it's your backup. That was my Interesting. First oh, sorry, Joe. Um, <laughs> so I put Yuki, and Joe, you can also embellish my answer if you'd like. Um, because he came in uh, to Formula One um, in 2021, and he impressed us in that first race. You know, came straight at the blocks, P10, looked really impressive. Then he started doing a few errors, he started crashing a bit. Um, it was mainly a lot of people saying he needs to kind of like he's got the talent and he's got the pace and he's got the speed and the willingness to do it but he just needs to kind of hone in on his craft and he needs to kind of refine it all I think he started doing that a little bit towards the end of 21 but then 
in 22, I don't, you know, I still feel it was a bit of the same old Yuki. Like, I don't, I don't really remember much of a standout performances and, oh, that was impressive. Yes, links with the car, but as well, it's hard to say and compare him against Gasly. But now he's got someone like Nick DeVries, who, if you want to say, and technically is a rookie to Formula One, but Nick DeVries ain't just any old rookie, you know, he's, he's been around the block a bit. He's got a bit more so experience. So much more than just a rookie. He's so much more, you know. He's he's got a lot more experience in racing and in general, if we're gonna once again, if we're gonna kick out Mick Schumacher, I think, you know, eyes need to be on a bit of Yuki Sonoda as well. And I remember after his first year he even was a little bit surprised that he got to keep his seat. So you know, there's a. I feel like there's a lot of talent within the Red Bull Academy, and in general, when you know, the racing world. So, yeah, I kind of feel Yuki needs to showcase what he's got, and it's gonna be interesting because he does have Daniel Ricciardo's driver coach, performance coach. I um, like that. Yeah, mm. exactly. So I think that's gonna be an interesting start to see the season. But um, yeah, that is what I'm gonna say. Hmm. Interesting. Dan, do you have a question for Charlotte or anything you'd like to quiz? Because I've got one thing in my head, but John, you go for it. Because I don't have anything off the top of my head. Right. My my question is, Char, yes. is that I'm guessing you're saying that it matters for Soda the most because he could lose his seat coming into the season. Yes. But who would replace Sonoda at Alpha Tauri realistically? Daniel who is the seat? No, Ricardo no. Schumacher, mate. He's he's over the hill, isn't he? Well, look, I won't lie. That was not a name that I had in my head. Okay. Well, go on. You got a name in your head? Interesting. Not massively. However, I'm I'm thinking. I'm constantly looking for the future of F1, right? So talent spotter. I'm. Ah. Huh? Because you're a talent spotter. <laughs> I'm Tell always I'm always excited yeah. to see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that makes it sound really weird. I followed him <laughs> since he was 15 and now look. No, no, no. Charles an agent. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Was it, was it that funny? <laughs> I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, um, well, I'm thinking of people. <laughs> oh, you've really ruined it now. <laughs> What did we do? Who's, who's I don't know what we did. I, mean, I, I was asking who's going to replace Sonoda if he right. had season. No, okay, but I don't really have a name, but if we're looking at like Red Bull people, could you say like Jayhan Daruvla? Could you say Liam Lawson? Could you oh, say... not Daruvla. No, but you know what I mean? Like if we're talking about, okay, Yuki's had his chance. You know, I, I'm using sense. quotation marks. But would you get in a rookie once again to then put alongside Nick DeVries at the end of, you know, the start of next year? Mm. Or then would you go for someone like Daniel Ricciardo? Would you even say Mick Schumacher? Would you um, put someone in like... Any chance to get Schumacher's name? Damn right. <laughs> um, could you put in someone like... Uh, I, don't, I mean, no, but like Callum Eilop. Like someone who's mm. got a uh -huh. lot of... Not, not experience as such... Like Callum Eilert, he hasn't raced in Formula One, but someone who Dan has Tickton? been through the 
uh, been through the formulas, um, has had, you know, quite decent success, but then hasn't had the opportunity in Formula One. That's what I'm trying to say. No, I'd love to have my lot. Hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing Lawson either, to be fair. Yeah. But they have shown willing to go outside of the driver pool recently. Of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Interesting. Interesting. That was a very good argument you made there, Shaw. Thanks. Interrupted a little bit, but... (laughs) Um, I can go. I can go. Yeah, cool. You said said it doesn't have to be a driver. And I have written this name slash Yuki Sonoda. So if I had to say a driver, I'd say Yuki. But I've gone a bit left field to keep things interesting. I've gone Fred Vasseur. Oh, I like that. I like that. I thought you'd like that, Jay. Real quick, that that was my second option. I put Ferrari mainly because of that. So this is interesting. Go on, Dan. Go, go. Well, he's been in F1 for a long time as Fred. We've seen him, you know, dotted about the motorsport world for ages. He's been with Alfa Romeo for the last few years. Did a very, very good job there. Was at Renault, kind of lost a power struggle to Cyril, a beatable there. But we've seen Ferrari try loads of options. They tried... What was his name? Arriva Bene. That didn't really work. He went off to Juventus. They tried Benotto. The team weren't quite back to their glory years under him. But we've kind of seen they've clearly got a car that can challenge. Or at least they did last year. So I'm assuming they probably will this year. They've clearly got a car that can compete for wins, can compete for titles. They've definitely got the lineup. So if it goes wrong, it falls on Fred, it falls at Fred's door. And mm. like, where does he go from this? Like, his career is very much on the line here. Because like this is his chance. This is his big break. Like he, he's 54. He's not old, so he could be no, with this young, team for a good man. 10, 15, 20 years, leading them forwards. But if he messes it up this year, they might. You know, they they don't show patience. Do Ferrari? They, yeah, they are. But not so messed it up. He's out the door. So but let's we'll see. Then. If it is, if Ferrari are like they were last year, they're good, but they don't have to sort of maximize their package. Is that is that Fred's fault, or does or do you have to look higher up than Fred? Because Ferrari have been what poor, but they've been not very good for a while now. That's because they and they, they keep changing the manager. And you know, in football, you know, like teams that were changing the manager, like Watford, and we always go, oh well, you know, maybe it's something higher up. Do you think maybe there's a cultural issue at the the powers that be at Ferrari? But it's can like... Fred solve that? He he's got the tools at his disposal. So you know, like in terms of a driver lineup that can push each other, they will work for the team if they have to. Both can compete for wins. Ferrari have absolutely got that in Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. They have a fast car. The reason that the thing that let them down last year was incidents from Leclerc that kind of crashed him out of the title race and the massive strategic errors, which you wouldn't necessarily say were Bonotto's fault, but the blame still fell at Bonotto's door. So even if it's nothing to do with Fred, he will be the victim of it, I think. So he just needs nothing to go wrong. Smooth sailing, back to the Jean-Top glory years of Ferrari. Because I like Fred. I, I like Fred. I like Fred. No, that was good. That was a good one. Oh, Shah's got a, got a hand up. I've, yeah, I've got a, I've got a Castione. Um, So my question to you, Dan, is... In order to say that he's had a successful first year at Ferrari, what would you deem Fred's needs to do in order to say, yeah, he did a solid year with Ferrari? I think they just need to maximise the car. It's hard to say at the moment because we don't know what the car's capable of. 
I mean, he's he made the decision to change around the strategy team. So he's kind of looked at the problem and tried to fix it, whether that's worked or not. I don't know. I'm not going back into the notebook discussion. Like we've been there, done that. He's changed the strategy team. Damn right. I feel no, like he's done no one any favours. <laughs> Pre-season, he's done everything that he can do for Ferrari, I think. But, you know, in season, like the, the eyes the eyes on you when you're team principal of Alfa Romeo, yeah, they're there, but they're not massively followed. Even at Renault with Cyril, it was like, yeah, Fred's team principal or trying to be team principal of Renault. But again, there wasn't massive media attention, whereas now the amount of pressure he's going to have on his shoulders, like the whole of Italy, is relying on Fred to deliver a car that that they can be proud of and get back to their you know their glory is in the years of Schumacher and Jean Todt and all that. So but it answers your where question. Is Fred Fisher from? He is. Is he Belgian? French? No. I actually have no idea. I uh, would say Belgian. he's French. He's French. Oh, he's okay. French. Sorry. Yeah. French when John laid the Italians the glory. Fred Frederic Vasseur. But the last time that happened, it went very well. It did. Mr. John Todd's French. So, yeah, I just feel like he'll be out the door if he doesn't perform. Which And it's one of the least forgiving jobs in Formula One, the Ferrari boss. How long do they give him, do you reckon? Or how long should they give him or how long do they give him? A very different question. Should. How long should they give him? Should they give him? They should give him longer than one year. How long will they give him? I don't know. I feel like if Ferrari have the second quickest car... Like comfortably, like they did last year, and they come third in the constructors' championship. People are going to immediately start questioning Fred's leadership abilities. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Interesting. Don't know. I feel like it's a big year for him. Yeah, too fair. Two very good arguments. I enjoyed that. Two very good arguments. I and mean, Fred Vasseur was a was probably the perfect balance of um, left field, but good in terms of his quality. Mine is very left field, but I don't know about quality. What are you saying, Jay? Jay. What are you saying? saying? Hit us. I am saying it's an important year for the United States of America. Oh, love it. Go on. That is not what I was expecting you to say. Well, this is the first time that there's been a US driver since what? Uh, Pedro de la Rosa? Was he American? I think he was American. Back in the day, like 2012, whatever. Logan Sargent is only the third man in history, by the way, to have... Actually, here's a bit of pub trivia for you. Logan Sargent is the third F1 driver in history to have what? Um, <laughs> hang on, wait, wait. Give me, give me some time to figure it. Give me some time. Don't. Right, on, it I'll like a ta- riddle. I'll keep talking, and then you can. Wait, what? Uh, what's the what ballpark are we yeah, thinking? Are we I could t- be here all day. Um, in terms of, in terms of racetracks, that's the that's the clue I'm going to give you. Oh, three home races then. Yeah, boom. He's, he's, the, he's the only third driver in history to have three home races in one season. Who else has... It's got to be an Italian, the other yeah, guy. Yeah, it was uh, Giovinazzi in 2020. Mugello, oh, Imola yeah. and Monza. Oh my God, yeah, that's mad and, um, actually. The other one was another I never American even guy. clocked at the time. From back in the day. There you go. So, it's important year for the USA because they have three races in the country. Okay, so Kota is already established as a very much well-loved circuit amongst all fans mm-hmm. of Formula 1. I think it's probably the best new entry on the F1 calendar, maybe besides sort of Baku. Miami last year was poor, right? Vegas last year, wait, Vegas? Vegas this year, if it is poor and it's as bad as Miami was, what is this going to do for not the US's um, sort of feeling about Formula 1, 
but the rest of the world's feeling about the US involvement in Formula One. Because Sargent has been given a seat. Is he deserving of a seat? I don't know. He didn't even win uh, F2 last year, so arguably <laughs> not. <laughs> he was fourth, it, wasn't he? He was fourth, and he, you know, there was rumours that he'd have to... No, it wasn't him, was it? Who was it that had to go to put their super licence points? Um, I don't know, but Colton Mazepin also, was fifth when he came into F1, and the amount the of stick he got... Second. Yeah, oh, okay. the amount of stick Mazepin got, and it's like we've seen none of that from Sargent, and I'm kind of surprised. I back him, but I'm surprised. Mm, mm. I, mean, I think Mazepin was obviously controversial for other reasons. Yeah, but to be fair, to be fair, Sargent also is controversial. For other yeah, reasons. Sargent's got quite a few things. To... <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I just think that if Las Vegas is poor and Miami is poor as well, then F1 will have a real pickle in its hands because it's going to. Um, there's rumours that it's going to get rid of, you know, some of the big races like Spa that people love and adore and have been on the calendar for years. So if these new flash races in the United States don't deliver, then I just think a lot of F1 fans will just become disillusioned with this whole March into America thing. Obviously, it's very much commercial what they're doing, but if they're bad races and people can't even afford to go to them anyway, and it's just going to be influencer Grand Prix, then where does that leave America's reputation amongst the F1 fan base? I would say pretty poorly i feel like i feel like we've all agreed with each other too much so i'm just going to throw something back at you quickly i feel like it won't really matter what the fans think because if there's a sport that's controlled by money it's f1 Mm -hmm. they don't care whether fans like it or not there's enough multi-millionaires and billionaires in the world that will go to las vegas to make it financially worthwhile there's enough rich people that will go to Miami to make it financially worthwhile. They don't care what Dave, age 63, who's followed F1 since Ayrton Senna, has <laughs> to say. Like, it's really sad, but that's true. So, yeah, will no, they right. care? I don't, I don't think it won't F1 sit well with care. us. But... I don't think F1 bosses will care. I just think, in terms of... No, like, you think... Oh, what's the track? Is it Detroit or Phoenix? No, sorry, the original Las Vegas Grand Prix, the Caesars Panther, when they race in the car park, and that is just lauded as like the worst track in history because it is literally zigzags in a car park. In 20 years' time, are we going to look back on Miami Grand Prix, on the Las Vegas Grand Prix, and think that was poor, that was rubbish, that was boring, it was a purely financial move? And will we look back on it in terms of, wow, they were great spectacles? My opinion, the former. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my view. Um. I don't know if mine's a point or a question, but I have one thing. Okay, real quick. When you were mentioning about like Miami and Vegas and that, I yeah, actually no, it's, it can be into one point. I think the main thing that I will and can remember, even just if we're looking at the Miami Grand Prix and then my prediction of what the Vegas Grand Prix is, it's all about the American razzmatazz showbiz stuff. Like, that Miami. I can't tell you really what happened at the Miami Grand Prix, but I can tell you that we had some boats on tarmac. With the Vegas one... It crashed one, into Seb. Ha ah, funny. But I'll be really going to remember that in a few years' time. No. Nah. Yes, Actually, but for all the wrong reasons, I'd say. But this is the thing. I, I can see, with, like, Miami, I can see when Max was coming up um, on the podium behind the Dan Marino statue. That's what I remember. The Vegas stuff, we're going to remember them going down the strip. We're going to see them having all like this mad show stuff beforehand. And I, I think what Americans won't really care as much. Careful. <laughs> if, no, but compared to like, 
us three are like we want to do racing and we put tracks that you know like Bahrain and we love like Silverstone and Monaco because of the history whereas I think oh look at all this exciting event for a weekend but then oh yeah you've got a bit of racing in the back as well I don't think the racing will be as important however I need to ask a question to Jay because I've kind of just agreed and we need to like try and spice things up in it oh go on okay I'm so like a bit of spice Ooh. I'm gonna try okay so for instance okay say okay we know Cota's established and that's a pretty decent track actually we like it yeah. if the Miami Grand Prix and both and the Vegas Grand Prix are shockingly awful in terms of racing mm. how how can that be improved in your opinion don't race her but don't race her, purely realistically simple. The amount of money, I mean, realistically, think about the Vegas weekend, think about the amount of money. I saw an article the other day saying that you will be able to see the race from kind of like anywhere. Like if you're in a hotel room and you're looking out to the strip, you will be able to see the race. If you think about how many people are going to go to Vegas hmm. for that reason in general, just people going there anyways for the gambling and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, even if it's the most boring race ever, which is what I've predicted how? with it being a square, how can we improve it? <laughs> how, how do you improve it in a realistic way? That's a good question. I'm not sure I know. I mean, it's hard because I would say change the circuit layout, but you can't move buildings around. It isn't like a simple <laughs> is it? Sorry, Bellagio, we need to knock you down just because we yeah. need to. <laughs> and the same with Miami. Yeah, really an extra hairpin, guys. Sorry. Um, to, I mean, to, this is the thing, though, that you're completely powerless to stop it. And I feel like... Let's say next year Spa goes. I mean, we, we lost Paul Ricard. Paul Ricard isn't exactly brilliant, so I'm not too sad. But if we lose Spa, and let's say they put in a race in... Give me a big American city, Dan. Texas. That's an awful example. That's, that's a state. That's <laughs> not a city. How about New York, like Manhattan? Yeah, if, if they put one in Manhattan and we lose Spa, or we lose Interlagos, or we lose one of the other big races, you would, you would feel sad, no? Because we've lost a brilliant... A crown jewel, I call them, in terms of Formula One, to put a race in a seat. And I feel like F1's move is let's get a load of sexy city names on the calendar. And to be fair, when you look at it, there are some sexy cities on there. You've got what? Melbourne, <laughs> um, Baku, Barcelona's on there, Budapest is on there, Monza's basically Milan, that's a sexy city. Um, Sao Paulo, the criteria. City. <laughs> Just like they sound like they've got sexy sort of like names, like they've got tourist appeal. There we are. Silverstone doesn't have tourist appeal. No, you know Northamptonshire. No one goes to England to go to Northamptonshire, do they? Oi, speak for yourself. Shaw's favourite holiday destination. Instead, they go to Hertfordshire. No. Um, so give it, you know, give it ten years. F1 will just be full of street tracks in the middle of cities, and there'll be sexy city names, but there'll be boring races, and it'll be a dull product. I don't want that. Let's stop it, nip it in the bud now. Let's maintain the heritage, maintain the great racetracks, even though they are in the countryside. Do it for the real fans. Don't just put them in big cities and have a load of influencers going to Grand Prix. You have no idea what they're talking about. There you go. What I will argue back with. Oh, look at this debate. Go. This, this um, is so weird. I feel like they haven't added Las Vegas in place of France. Like, if we hadn't gone Las Vegas, I feel like we would have just had a 22-race season because the France contract ran out. So it's not like they've got rid of Paul Ricard and gone, let's replace it with a big snazzy race. They've just gone, let's add a big snazzy race to the calendar and increase the number of yeah, races. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm, I well. mean, if I worked in F1, I'd hate the current 
amount of races that there are in a season because for the workers in F1, it's ridiculous. But for us, who are at the moment are purely fans of the sport, it's great. Mm. But also you think, okay, let's let's add Las Vegas, but what other tracks miss out because Las Vegas is on the calendar that, you know, could host the Formula One race. You could have Turkey, brilliant track. Uh, Sepang, Dan, no, you love Sepang. You could Ooh, have... I do like Sepang. Oh, you could have what? <laughs> India. India. You could have... Portimao back. That's not even that. China. No, Portimao. No, don't miss Portimao. No? Oh. I mean, China, China I feel like China will there. come back. China will definitely no, be there. Just throwing out there. Well, even like yeah. Qatar, man. That track is the least inspiring thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah? Yeah, I'd, it's not great. I'd rather race around the local Sainsbury's car park. Because they have Sainsbury's in Qatar? No, sorry. Sainsbury's in Lewisham. Oh, your local Sainsbury's. Yeah, my local Sainsbury's. <laughs> Sainsbury's um, in Lewisham. I was going to say, I didn't realise it's such a global brand. <laughs> <laughs> You can find me there on Saturdays. Um, uh, yeah. Jewish from Sainsbury's. It's a great place. Not during be. qualifying, though. Yeah, not during qualifying or the race or Arsenal fixtures, but any other time I'm there. Um, yeah. Just please uphold, you know, because like when you look at it, right, go 10 years ago, there'll be a load of good tracks on the calendar. 10 years' time, I can't see there being many. And I think, you know, they were saying, I think recently, I was watching this thing on Sky Sports F1. And Christian, Christian, sorry, Martin Brundle was saying about how we need to sort of protect the the races which, you know, are historic. Like Spa, like Monza, like Silverstone, like Interlagos, like Suzuka. Let's let's let's, you know, restore them. And if we're gonna put new tracks on the calendar, make them good. Let's just not have good scenery around them. Let's prioritize racing, not hotels. What I will say, I feel like, for the meantime at least, F1 is kind of going to be all right in the sense that Stefano Domenicali has grown up around F1. Like, he's loved cars from, he's worked in F1 from being really young, so he was at Ferrari, but various other places. I think he was like a marshal, I remember reading at some tracks. So he knows about like the purest element of the sport. Like, he, he wants F1 to do well and he's going to try and maximize its like growth and business and all that stuff. But I feel like he also knows he needs to keep Formula One racing cars going around a track at heart. Mm. So I feel like while at least while he's there, tracks like Silverstone, Monaco, hopefully Spa will be all right. It's when someone overtake someone takes over F1 that is purely a businessman that mm. will be in trouble. No, yeah, for sure. But also you've got to think, Domino Carly, he's only the front man. You know, there's a lot of shareholders, a lot of people behind yeah. the scenes who or stakeholders, you know, who won't look at it in terms of, oh, you know, let's pick places where we can have good races. They're just going to pick places where they can make a load of dough. And like, hey, even that little rant before, I didn't even mention places like Jeddah. You know, that's a new place that's on the calendar. Mm. There's rumours of a Doha street circuit. Well, it's Qatar. It's yeah. in, like, money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. let's, let's, let's get Brands Hatchback on the calendar. There you go. That, that needs a lot good. of work, though, before yeah, it can be fun, uh, grade one. But it is down the road for me, so I wouldn't mind that. Well, in that case, let's get the Bournemouth local go-kart track on the calendar <laughs> while I'm here. <laughs> when I go back home to Hertfordshire, we'll add Rye House. Why yeah, not? I was going to say, let's get Rye House on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rye House is great. So, Jay, I know this was your idea of a debate thing, but right. do we have to pick one of these? So we pick, wait, pick one who isn't obviously your own. And then Ooh. we'll see who wins, and or mm. if it's a draw, if okay. we'll go for each other. It's a hard one. 
Because they, they all need to have a good 23, innit? I've, I've I mean, one. I know what I'm going to say. And you can't pick your own? Can't pick your Ooh. own. <laughs> I'm just checking! They're a bit of a boring segment. <laughs> <laughs> we all choose our own. I'm right. <laughs> like an old okay, Top Gear got, special, that. I've got that. mine. I've My got mine. is the best. Uh, yeah, right. I've got mine. All right, let's go to Dan first. Who did you think? I... Sorry, Jay, I've gone Yuki. I've also gone Yuki. No way! I, <laughs> I mean, win! <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the fact that, that both of us wrote Yuki Stelo Stelo Yeah, well. and that he care. was my backup option. Who did you say, Sha? I, I went with Ferrari. Yeah, I'd have gone Fred as well. Fred was a good one. No, you um, didn't. You went Yuki. You didn't. So don't try to, don't <laughs> no, save it now, no, Jay. No, like if I was in Charlotte's shoes, <laughs> choose between United States or oh, okay. Ferrari, I'd also have gone for, for Fred. Um, yeah, I've just. So do I win that? Or Charlotte is, is the just... you are the inaugural winner of the track talk debate. Oh, awful segment. Yeah, we won't be we'll not doing that again. Damn right. <laughs> Can't wait for the next one. Um, um gotcha. yeah, I'm sorry, nothing. I'm just really happy. I, I've got it right. But yeah, all eyes on Yuki, I guess. Us three have got our beady eyes on him. Mm. At least at least we all we all said one and we all made good arguments for one. We didn't say one and then everyone just went, What? <laughs> we've all said one and they've actually been able to explain it yeah. and we've all kind of yeah, gone yeah, yeah yeah that's a fair point to be fair I was a bit fearful because I was thinking USA I'm clutching at straws there how can I make that somewhat interesting <laughs> when you first like, said it I was like eh, it needs to explain this one yeah it's just like a load of anti-American propaganda but well if one of us said Max Verstappen that would have been quite interesting Ooh. to be fair I actually was thinking he, of he Merck yeah because you know, Merck needs to have a good year because Lewis Hamilton, arguably the greatest driver of all time, if he spends another year running around or fifth and sixth, is he going to say, is he going to be disillusioned and just think, you know, sod sod, sod this, I'm going to go make some jumpers for Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> you know, so... Well, you never know. There's, there's a lot of people with pressure on him this year. A lot of people with pressure yeah. on him this year. No, it is. It is. Um, that was a good, good, little, good little idea you had there, Jay. What can I say, man? The, the best things come to me. I think I was just driving and it just hit me. I was like, you know what? Let me pitch this to, to Dan and Shah and let's see what they think. And, you know, here we are. So. A whole. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when you I, first said I, it, I was going to say a whole. I don't, yeah, probably about a week ago. I, I don't know if there's any kind of like mantra that we can tell the listeners from this. Um, be creative and don't be afraid to voice your ideas because oh, look, look at I'm mine. so inspired. Yeah. We do need a name for it, though. Has anyone got any good names if you're listening? Let us know. I was thinking, like, because we, we, we would like to do these things in terms of alliterations, like Track Talk, Track Talk Trio. I was thinking, like, Track Talk Talk Three, but I don't really like that. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a lot of tees. Track yeah, Talk topics. Loads of tees. More yeah. tees than a Snickers advert. But, um, yeah, let us what? know. What? The Snickers adverts have Mr. T in it, you know? <laughs> oh. Sure. Sorry. I don't think I've ever seen a Snickers advert on TV. Snickers oh, yes, I have. Nuts. You're not you when you're hungry. Yeah, there you go, man. One had Rowan Atkinson in. He was like on a roof. Not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> no. Uh, of all the celebrations, are they are pretty low. You know, I, I, I hate chocolate, so... Oh, Do you? Is my fave. Yeah, I hate chocolate. Oh, all chocolate. White, dark milk. Oh, uh, I don't... I can, I can eat white chocolate. I don't mind white chocolate. But milk chocolate and dark chocolate are just getting the bin, man. Oh, interesting. 
I love a bounty. People hate. Do, do, do I can like get in the bounty. bin the Qatar International Circuit. Or the sale, <laughs> it's called. I can get in the bin, man. Bring back Sepang. Yeah, Sepang was good. India was good because it just had the, what seems like there was a longest straight. If I'm thinking of the right track. Oh, that back straight, and it, it, it went up and down. Yeah, that was it just good, went man. on and on and on. I like I liked India, and I like going to places where. So India is the prime example of getting it right in terms of going to a new country, having a good racetrack, and it was in a good location because it was just outside New Delhi. Perfect. Korea is getting it wrong because it's a good racetrack, but it was in the middle of nowhere. If you go on Google Maps and look at Korea International Circuit, there is nothing near it. So When did go. we last so, race there? Korea, I think 2012, 2013? 2012, I think. Just before it went behind the paywall. It did, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It was then. I think the last race it ended really late. It was like one of the last rounds of the season, twenty twelve. Do you remember that Vettel Alonso one? Yeah. And it finished because like, it poured rain, and this was before like the three hour limit thing they have now. Basically, um... they just delayed it for ages, and it basically finished. It was pitch black, and there was no uh, floodlights there. And <laughs> I remember Rosberg crashing into Weber, Weber crashing into Rosberg, and then Vettel won or Alonso won. It was a great race, to be fair. Great race. Bring back Korea, bring back India, bring back Malaysia, bring back. <laughs> there's markets, there's markets for it there. Definitely, like, India's uh, a massive country. I guarantee, if like a South Korean driver came up the ranks, we oh, would go back course. to South Korea. Like, look yeah. at the power Son has at Tottenham to as like he's probably the biggest mm, star mm. in South Korea. I'm not just saying Ooh. that because I'm a Spurs fan. Yeah. Just like just the like, amount no, of South Korean is, eyes yeah. on Tottenham because of one man. That'd be the same in F1. But even, yeah, but look, look, look at uh, Perez, Mexico City. That, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be around if Perez wasn't on the grid. Sandvoort and Verstappen. Yeah, you know, we, we even said last week, or you know, Sandvoort's not the greatest track. It's only there because Verstappen's there. When Verstappen retires, that probably go unless Nick DeVries is a world champion. Um, you know, we, mm. we always do things where we just put tracks on for other people. Why not put tracks on for the racing? There's my closing statement. Then that is very nice. true. Anyone got anything else to add before we finish it no. off? Shaw, any comments? No? You're just Bring taking your victory rain. and running. Bring on Bahrain. Ooh. I can't wait. I like that. Bring on Bahrain. So, so, wait, write it down somewhere, man. That's good. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that just rolls off the tongue. Like, they should use that for their branding or something like that. Well, no, no one should except for us. Okay, well, copyrighted. I, mean, yeah. I don't know how I can, but there you go. Get that TM'd. Yeah, there we go. Right, thank you very much for listening. It's been a good one. We will be back very soon because we need to preview the Bahrain Grand Prix. It's the first race of the season. We can't not preview it. It's the rules. I don't make them. But, uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. And, uh, I was going to yeah, say, well... we could... Sorry, Dad. We could preview and have one more debate topic. Oh, yeah. Really treating yeah, the listeners. Charles on a high up the win in that one. Oh, she actually just is. want to keep the ball rolling, you <laughs> know. actually is. But for the meantime, thanks, Jane Shaw, for coming on, of course. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, and, it was uh, a good one. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was a good one. And we will see you all very soon. Goodbye.